Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. The Dr. Supercoach Podcast, powered by Code. And with me this evening to talk all things Supercoach is COVID Annie. COVID Annie, how are you going? <laughs> Look, I've been better. Um, it was probably clear by uh, sounds of our voices. We're both quite unwell at the moment. So uh, mm. apologies in advance for the likely mm. unpleasant listening experience um but hopefully the knowledge will make up for the tones of our voice and coughing and whatnot that i'm sure will happen throughout this podcast so big apologies in advance there are some rumors that uh things sort of escalated at a slumber party um we swapped saliva and that's how we got infected pistol i can say categorically to everyone listening that is exactly what's happened uh no that's not what happened (laughs) no we put the close Um, in close contact um i've been absent with pneumonia and have now become a covid close contact so don't expect to see me again for a little while (laughs) pistol we have made it through five rounds somehow and i just keep feeling like i'm i'm in for a good week and then it's just it's super coach sundays that are just continuing from 2021 oh every like i was i was pretty happy with how my team was going um last week i I just made some really bad benching decisions and then all of a sudden i've got this Crips injury that most people had, and then, you know, Proust is out. I'm like, okay, I can deal with that. Now I've copped a Hall injury, which, you know, to be fair, that one's on me, I guess. You pick him knowing that his hammy could blow at any point in time. Um, Same with Crips. 
Yes, yeah, same with Crips. That that one's also on me. You know what? Same with Proust. I'm beginning to think there's a trend here, Chizo. Uh, there's this, yeah. You know, all of it, I'm sure, is likely to happen all in the same week, maybe a bit less likely to happen. Um, but yeah, it's kind of stifling any momentum that the team might have. But again, I'm feeling positive going into this week. Um, hopefully, Crips will be back. Hall will obviously be traded out. We'll talk about uh, where I'm going with that a bit later in the podcast. And Hopefully the big man Proust comes, you know, back into my side with a, a strong return. So fingers crossed this is the lowest point of the season, sitting all the way out at uh, <laughs> actually my career worst 36k. So I'm not yes, seeing that. Before. I'm still beating you. <laughs> yes. How is this possible? Yeah, it's not it's not pretty. Um but yeah, hoping that there's <laughs> no more dropping for for the rest of the season. I'm feeling quite positive that there there won't be. Well, you look at my side, mate. There's plenty of droppings scattered around on that side, that field. Uh, mate, I do have some housekeeping to go through. First, over to the Cancer Council. Uh, we're only $17 shy of raising 18000 Thank you to everyone that has been a part of it and donated. We've got Robo11, dumb thing. Left to see on Dacos after I subbed him back on after being emergency last week while I played Stevens as the captain loophole. Didn't realise until halfway through the Brisbane and Collingwood game. Oof, that's a bit rough. Uh, TP with a photo of uh, Jackson McRae. Called out in the pod, so I'm owning up. Donation for round one. Forgot to set the C slash VC and straight up Captain McRae in the first game. Lucky he scored well. Thank you, TP. That's pretty funny. Uh, just, <laughs> just Josh. Donating for dumb move five minutes before the bouncer heard Pendles was going to be running with Neil, so I panicked and changed the VC to McRae and put my phone down. As a result of this, I forgot that I already had McRae as the C and automatically set uh, Neil as the C as it was a no! straight swap. No! That uh, that's is a bit bad. Rough. That was pretty yeah. bad. Thank uh, you for Adam the donation. Schneider, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really have to stay out of slack when Carlton is playing. Thanks again for another uh, marvellous donation from you, Snide. So. I, I think he uh, bet again on, um, you know, if Carlton <clears throat> managed to hold on to a win, he'll donate X amount for every point, yada, yada, yada. Um, and last time that led to an incredibly large donation when they ran over the top <laughs> of Richmond. And uh, fortunately, he's been... Very generous again this week uh, with Carlton managing to hold on against Port Adelaide. So, yeah, he probably should should stay out. You know of what? <laughs> we we need to make a pact right now that we don't let him. Like we just start DMing him when the uh, the Carlton games are on, so that we make sure that he's in game day, so that we can have more of these moments. He's basically get dragging us across the line to twenty k. Pretty much. I mean, Carlton <laughs> keep being involved in crazy matches. So as long as they're doing that, I guess the donations will keep up. <laughs> All right. Pistol, before we jump into some DPP news and some Supercoach talk, we do have one more bit of housekeeping, and that's that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Once again, Manscaped is coming to the fore and, and sponsoring the Dr. Supercoach podcast. And uh, not only are we Manscaped users, but there's over 4 million men worldwide using Manscaped. And by using code DRSC, you can get 20% off and free shipping. You can use that on things like the Lawn Mower 4.0, uh, the trimmer that will give you the most precise uh, lawn that you'd be working with. Bistol, and did we mention it's waterproof? It's got the uh, the clutch LED light, so if you want to use it in the shower, mate, you absolutely can as well. And it's got um, technology inside that's going to be reducing the chances of nicks and cuts as well. Now, if your ears and nose also look like Josh J. Kennedy's beard, 
and by that I mean bushy and not well manicured. <laughs> <Yeah>, Luxuries. <laughs> uh, you can also get Manscaped's nose and ear hair trimmer that will clean you right up. And also in the the month of April, Pistol Manscaped is also um, partnering with Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, um, which is the most common form of cancer between men uh, in uh, men between the ages of fifteen and thirty five. Um, and I've had some personal friends that have been affected by this in their life. So um, we love the fact that our sponsors are also aligning with our uh, our values uh, in doing things like that. So please remember to support the sponsors that support us. And if you're in the market for looking for some new equipment like that, use code DRSC to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Pistol, the big news that has dropped is we've got the first batch of DPP um, alterations to come into uh, 2022, a, a new thing for Supercoach. As always, there's going to be some non-relevant players, but there's some big, big names on that list that are going to give us some huge amount of flexibility in the coming weeks. Yeah, look, I think the thing that's been most beneficial for our sides is actually the rookies, um, not really the big names just yet, um, I guess because they're not on our sides, but the rookies... Pretty much all getting DPP is pretty exciting. Like even Connor McDonald, who's kind of just a super slow burn at this point in time, him getting forward DPP is like really handy when we're maneuvering our trades. Um, it's just like the little things that really help. Like Nick Dacos getting defensive DPP or Nick Martin getting getting uh, midfield forward DPP. Like all this stuff is really handy. Um, I feel like it lets me get in the rookies and premiums that I want to get in on any given week. Mm. And I don't feel that I'm forced into picking a certain position now, which is, uh, I guess, a, a good improvement on previous seasons. Yeah, I I, I guess uh, I'll just shout out some names that, that might be Supercoach relevant here, Pistol. Yeah. Um, obviously, Connor McDonald getting midfield, so he's now forward mid DPP. Uh, Dan Houston, just for JB, no one else, no one else <laughs> wants to know that he's got mid DPP. Uh, after he uh, uh, JB promised he'd get us, uh, he'd be a midfielder last year, he's finally getting it. Dane Zorko um, is now a mid defender uh, DPP. Jack Sinclair getting mid, so a defensive mid. Um, who else have we got here? We've got Jordan Dawson getting yeah. um, getting a defensive and mid, so he's becoming even more appealing. As you mentioned, Luke Parker, uh, forward mid, um, DPP. That's um, probably one that in previous years, Pistol, like he's probably had enough uh, forward nous and, and averaging like a goal a game that it's surprising that... Um, it's not surprising that someone like him, he actually gets it. You've mentioned Nick Martin and Nick Dacos both getting DPP. Scotty Pendlebury also getting that defensive um, DPP they've been worrying, uh, thinking about in the in the preseason. Uh, uh, Sherry getting forward and ruck, which is also going to help, and yeah. Zach Butters getting forward and mid. So I think one of the plays, just to, to totally ignore what you were trying to go into before I went through the list. Um, with the, the ruck dilemmas that we've been having, um, and a lot of people are thinking about what kind of funky ways can we do with, um, uh, can, can we do in our ruck line this week and using boosts and, and whatnot, um, Sherry actually probably really helps with that flexibility because if you're you're looking to kind of swap one of these guys to a premium somewhere else, uh, uh, not that, you know, that that's something that's being brought up this week, it gives us incredible flexibility to kind of pick up any premium on any line that is just like screaming pick me yeah like uh, technically you could trade if you were in a trade grundy type situation which we'll definitely discuss later you could trade him out to a 
premium defender basically by swapping Sherry into your ruck line, um, putting a McCartan that's down back or a Deconing that's down back into your forward line and then just bringing in a defender straight um, for Grundy. Just that sort of flexibility I think is really valuable. Um, that, so that's what I was talking about before. But Chizo, before we get into that, um, I just want to quickly touch on trade boosts in general because I feel like we're, yeah. we're getting into trade boost season. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, saving them, preserving them, and like when is a good time to actually use your trade boosts? And I think the answer right now, the answer is right now. Um, And there's good reason for that. So looking forward um, in, you know, the next two weeks, we've got a couple of players on the bubble. Um, Roses, Paris, and Perez this week. We have next week, you've got um, Hobbs and Sam Hayes. You've also got Proust this week. Um, these are five guys, all who are not bad downgrade options, probably better than in, you know, what we're going to get in the next couple of weeks. Um, and probably deserving of at least using one trade boost just so that you can get, you know, two or three of them. Um, I think missing them might not bode well for your cash generation as well as being able to get a premium on the park a little bit earlier. Um, and the other thing, Chizo, is the fact people want to try and save them for COVID games. I don't know if now now we've seen how the season's kind of played out after five weeks. There's only been, and forgive me if I'm wrong, only one late change due to COVID, which was either in round one or two. All of the COVID late outs, sorry, COVID outs are not late outs. They're all like known mm. earlier in the week. So we've never really had to like boost to try and save ourselves from getting a donut um Mm. we can kind of strategize around it and with all these extra dpps we kind of have more cover than we've ever had before so saving them for covid reasons doesn't really seem to be a legitimate reason anymore um so i'm not super stressed about you know using them too early i think the buy makes sense as like an optimal time to use them um, just to make that transition through the buys easier. But holding them after the buys doesn't make any sense to me at all because at that stage of the season, you're trying to conserve trades, not blow three per week. So they lose all value at the end of the buy rounds. Um, I just kind of want to make that distinction earlier on in the season because I I know there's a lot of hesitancy um, to use them this week. But I, I certainly feel like if you're able to you know, improve your team this week, get an extra, get a premium on the park a week earlier. Um, assuming you're culling the right rookies or bringing in the right players, um, I have seen a reason why, you know, you should hold back on using a boost this week. Yeah. So I've got two, two questions for you. Yeah. So the first one, um, it sounds like that you're planning on using boosts to kind of speed up your upgrade season and to try and get a premium ahead yeah. ahead of people if you can. That's right. We're really putting the doctor in Dr. Supercoach this week, Chizo. Mm. <laughs> um, but also on top of that, you, you you try and like, do you have a number in mind that you'd like to try and keep um, to get you through the, through the buys? Yeah, I think honestly, um, I mean, three is always going to be like the best, but I think mm. optimally, I don't think there's going to be that much difference between two and three, just because in the first buy round, you know, having an extra trade doesn't really help because you're not downgrading to anybody who has already had their buy. Um, yeah. I think if you save it for rounds 12 and 13, 
sorry, 12 is the first bye round, 13 and 14. Um, those two weeks to hold your trade boost makes the most logical sense having four trades per per those rounds. Um, that would kind of be my gut feel is the best, you know, bang for buck. But now kind of looking at how the season has progressing and which premium players have which buy, it's looking like the round 12s and round 14s uh, where our teams are going to be hit the hardest during the buys, um, which makes me think that boosting at the end of round 13, maybe, sorry, yeah, maybe, you know, boosting round 13 isn't going to be, I guess, as effective compar- comparatively to boosting at the end of round 14. So mm. technically, I think there might not be that much difference between having just one trade boost in the buy using it in round 14 compared to having two trade boosts in the buy using it round 13 and 14. I think you might get yeah. more value using four trade boosts before the buys and then keeping one for round 14. I think that might be the strategy to go for. But, you know, again, uh, let's we can reassess as the season's going. Yeah, let me complicate things further. Oh no! Obviously, our <laughs> our next um, our next match of DPPs are round eleven. After round eleven, heading into round twelve, I believe. Yeah, um, it makes it quite difficult to plan in advance what you might want to do. Maybe there's a premium that pops up that becomes an absolute necessity. Someone. Yeah. Um, like a Darcy or a Gorn, if they get like forward status get, or something. Yeah, they suddenly get forward status. Suddenly that throws your buy structure out and the boost that you you had used to, to try and upgrade a little quicker um, might complicate that. It fit, it, do, do you see a way, <clears throat> do you see a preference to to at least holding two for the prospect of something, something like that happen? I, I, I guess... It kind of ties into my fear that people are going to be like, well, this guy's suddenly got a positive break-even of four. I better trade him and better use the boost to get the cash yeah. generation going. And they're, they're, they're losing sight of the fact that he's got a break-even of four. Why are we flicking him for someone else who's only like 80 grand more expensive then? Like, can we not still just kind of sit and let these guys appreciate? Like... Talking about Perez, for example, he's got scores of 30 and 40 on the books. Like, why are we boosting to get someone like that in? I mean, realistically, that's because there's not many defensive downgrade options. So people don't have that much of a choice, especially ones that have good job security. DPP will open that though, won't it? Not not necessarily, um, because... You need a defensive rookie to downgrade to. You can't. We can't just like keep swinging, you know, McCartan and DeConning into the forward line if there's no one down back um, mm. to be able to get. So, I mean, specifically for Perez, while his scoring potential is not great, he's more of like a Gibkiss slow burn. But with Jay Z going forward and Hall out for you know extended mm. period of time, having just rock solid job security that can just keep chipping away points. And holding to his mm. buy is probably um, better than you know somebody who might yeah. get dropped before the buy. But to to answer your original question, I do think that the the best value, sorry, the optimal, I guess trade boosting would be two during the buys. I, I do think that mm. the gap between you know getting three um, and to, and or just using one, I think like my preference would be like having two for the buys and then one for the buys and then three for the buys. I just don't think you're getting maximum value holding three i think you're better off boosting earlier and and the round 11 
um, DPPs, whilst someone might become relevant, most of the relevant changes every year in AFL fantasy happen now. In, yeah, now the first, you know, you only need you know five of six games or so to be able to trigger your you know positional status. It becomes really hard by round eleven. You need to have played, I don't know, it's like eight or nine or ten games in a certain position to trigger it and um, mm. to be super coach relevant and trigger it by round 11. Like, I'd be surprised, unless there's a major injury that happens and causes a role change, like, I'd be surprised yeah. if there's any super coach relevant changes that really happen at round 11. Yeah. So it sounds like definitely prioritizing that cash gen and, and having a couple for the buys but not really on the forefront of your mind, keeping an eye out for some miracle like DPP. Yeah, game changer on DPP. Forward. Yeah, yeah If that happens then and the chess, uh, the, the pieces like kind of fall into position, then, you know, that's great, but we can't really be holding out hope. I think one of the things that you and I both said in the preseason is people were like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to pick um, very good rookies in the forward line because in round six, I'll just swing um, Horn Francis into the forward line. And I think you and I were very, both very much like, you know, and the same sort of like with Pendles, should I start Pendles? It's like, yeah, he could get that DPP, but he also could not. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge um, in terms of that. And we see that Juan Francis doesn't get his DPP, that everyone, you know, went into the season not just expecting, but just like it was a sign sealed delivered sort of situation. <laughs> and then you know so. what happened, Chizo? Those terrible rookies we were trying to avoid in round one <laughs> ended up all being absolute <laughs> gun. Super coach picks. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so, Jordan's been fantastic. No, pe- people turn to like <laughs> Martin, Dixon, and Hayes, and we were trying mm. to avoid picking all three of them in round one, and look what's happened. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah some people chose coach. McGovern over, over Nick Martin. That's just terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not throwing anyone under the bus. Uh, we might as well go through uh, some of the, the line-by-line stuff. Obviously, something that's affecting you this week is uh, Hall with his hammy. Um, uh, you know, Early reports, uh, we don't have a definitive timeline, but it, it's looking multiple weeks. It's looking like a definite trade-out. Yeah. Uh, as an owner, mate, um, talk to me your uh, initial thoughts. So I personally have five premium defenders. So oh, I thought with, you were going to say you had five thoughts. I'm like, that's a I lot did. for you even. <laughs> um, no, I've only got a couple of thoughts. But with, <laughs> with Dacos getting that defensive midfield status, um, for me, it makes sense to try and attack a fallen premium midfielder. So for me, it's going to be a simple haul to Petrarca trade. We can talk about Petrarca when we get to the midfielders. But if you only have four premium defenders, it might only it might be wiser to trade Hall to another um, defender premium. I think Chizo, mm. the, the tricky part in upgrade season, and, and I mean, I guess we're right at the edge of upgrade season now, is that there's a fine line between picking the best player that's available and picking a player that's like the best value or best yeah, price. Yeah, yeah. Because I think someone like Tom Stewart, who I don't have, and he's 570k. He's probably like the best defender that's available um, to me yeah. who I have my, the most faith in. But then you've got players um, like Daniel Rich who are down to 525k who I think has been a li- little unlucky, you know, with his corky and some of his scoring in the first couple of games, you know, wrong time, wrong place in terms of the bench. I, I think 
he's someone that can bounce back and he's down, you know, he's 50K cheaper than Stewart. And you have to try and pick, well, hey, do I pick the best of the best here in Stewart or do I try and, you know, shark a good smoky value in some somebody like Rich? And to be honest, <laughs> both of them are good options. Um, I think as long as you're not significantly overpaying, um, I don't think anyone in the back line suits that category. Maybe Doherty. I think Doherty's yeah. probably now peaked in his price and is probably going to come on the way down. He's somebody that I would not pick at 575 Hewitt's still cheap. Hewitt is still cheap. Um, I mean, I think Lloyd is the only one that I would still avoid even though he's scored pretty much low tons every week um, and is looking like a good price. Lloyd is so reliant on those kickouts. Um, mm. He's not looking like the same sort of player as in previous seasons. There definitely is more of a split in how Sydney distribute um, the ball down back. Uh, I think yeah. the kickouts do keep his floor nice and high, but he's going to put out a stinker one game. Like I'm talking a really smelly one, and then <laughs> you'd be able to get him much cheaper. So, um, yeah, he's he's not quite on my cards yet. But I think Chizo, um there's there's some discussion still about Sinclair and his role that I just want to touch on. Um, Sinclair played in the midfield for the first, you know, three weeks pretty much, and then moved down back last week and again this week and has looked really good. Um, both, both games. Is Add, adding a DPP from three weeks in the midfield. Well, he played pretty much pure midfield. And now he's gone back to defender. So uh, I don't think the math is working out for you. There, <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he scored 135 in round four and 113 <laughs> Gold Coast. I I think he's really good and he uses the ball really well. My concern is you're going to have, I mean, Zach Jones isn't coming back this week, but probably the week after. Um, and then you've got Hunter Clark, I think it is, and Billings both returning sometime in the next month as well. I don't think either of them impact it anymore because he's now in the back line. But I'm also just a bit scared about like where the point spread goes for the Saints and how it, how it goes. I think this is probably the last week um to get Sinclair if you wanted to get him. Um, I just don't know if I'd be willing to pay like the 570s, you know, the Tom Stewart equivalent prices for somebody mm. like Jack Sinclair. Um, so this would this feels like the last week that I, I would get him, but I do see him as somebody that can go 105 plus, which is always a big boon in, in the back line. Um, Chizo, there's a player that's in 0% of teams that we're going to have to talk about as crazy as it sounds in Alex Witherden. Um Witherden is 520k. Can you guess? Just tell me what his three-round average is. Uh, I mean, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Uh, 100. <laughs> 100. I mean, that would seem like a pretty fair guess, but it's actually 122, um, which might oh, surprise, come on. surprise some people of how... What, is, is five-round or is three-round? No, it's three rounds. Oh average. God, it is 122.3. God, yeah, it's it's high, and he missed round one um, with a suspension. So he came back against North Melbourne, uh, Butcher City, basically finished with a 63, and then his next three games has gone 106, 127, 134. I mean, it's not like he's getting massively bolstered by kick-ins either. I mean, Hearn is still the primary kick-in taker. Um, however, he himself takes a small share of the kick-ins for West Coast still. It gets like, you know, four or five a game. But um, essentially, Hearn just looks for him in the pocket from the kickouts, and then he gets like even more points because he gets a mark and then the long kick. 
and they just do that on repeat. Um, it's funny because it's he's you know not typically someone we would look at look for, but 122 points, Jizo, um, in the last three. I feel like we kind of have to touch on it. I still feel uncomfortable with Witherden because he got dropped, you know, last season um, from the side, and feel like that could potentially happen throughout the year again. He's not super locked in, and they have a tough run of games coming up with Port, Richmond, Brisbane, Melbourne. GWS Bulldogs in a row. I feel like that's so not two, great. two tough games in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, debatable. But I, I, yeah. I tell you, Witherden's game style from like five years ago, whenever he debuted, like showed that this is like what he could do if given the opportunity. Um, the thing that's kind of propping him up is averaging eight marks a game for the first yeah uh, for for his four games. So he's being looked. Uh, he's getting a couple kickouts. He's obviously really good disposal by foot, um, and he's getting getting a lot of. Um, there's going to be a lot of ball into the West Coast um, defense. Um, so or at much. least there was. The, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think the opportunity is going to be there. He uses the uses it by foot more than he does by hand. So that's obviously always going to help us. Um, as owners, I think the thing that still stands out for me, and one of the things that's cost me so much early in this year, is I tend to play things really, really safe. And those that have taken risks um, certainly have had it pay off handsomely. Uh, you know, conversely, to start the season. Um, so if this is some, if you could tell me that Witherden's going to play the remainder of the season and he's going to play this kind of role, there is absolutely he genuinely could be a keeper type option. Well, the ultimate POD in point two percent of teams, like it's yeah. you never it's never going to be almost never going to be less than that. Like it's it's that's a pretty insane amount, and he's not doesn't break your bank at five twenty k either. I just feel yeah uncomfortable. When he's the same price as Rich, which, as you would yeah. say, Chizo, a known commodity versus mm-hmm. an unknown commodity here. And, you know, obviously, if you don't have someone like Hewitt, you'd have to prioritize there. Um, I just think it's a really interesting pick um, that that's worthwhile talking about. Chizo, before we move on, Ridley. I've got a couple names for you. Oh, okay, yeah, please shoot. Um, a couple of DPP additions in Zorko and Pendles. Um, they, they, they've had those uh, additions, but they're not necessarily. Um, uh, Pendles is, uh, let me just have a look, ninth overall for average to start the season. Um, and we've got Zorko. Where the heck is Zorko? <laughs> Zorko is, he is even on the list. He's 42nd. No, yeah, Zorko is an interesting one because of his Achilles injuries. Um, yeah, he basically yeah, yeah. is like subbed out or dominates, and there's nothing in between. Yeah. Um, so he's put out like two absolutely stinkers again to use that word um and then three like really good tons and the problem oh, is three bangers too yeah yeah the, the problem with zorko is he's, he's not 40 yeah look he's old um he's not 40 but you know he's, he's, <laughs> he's early 30s and he has an achilles problem which seems to be managed every single game and you don't know what you're going to get you don't know if you're getting a sub out or if you're going to get an absolute ripper score um that terrifies me especially can I really trade Hall to Zorko like that seems absolutely madness um I, I don't know if he's a selectable pick I feel like he's equally as risky as someone like Witherden <laughs> where you're just yep. like oh, I'll just do it and see what happens it just feels so risky but the the re- reward feels like it's there but man that risk is high I, I think both of these players are probably passes for me but yeah geez, even on it's... Pendles Pendles got a low of 87 yeah, Pendles. 
I like Pendle's probably more than I like Zorko. I don't know if that's a big call or not. I do think this like a hundred between a hundred and a hundred and five is probably going to be his average. Um, again, is he value though? I, I that's the that's the thing. Like he probably was value at four eighty k to start the season. Um, but we didn't know, know he was going to get his DPP, so it's totally justifiable to be. Well, we didn't in this know situation. how he'd score. I knew he'd get DPP, but I didn't know how well he'd score. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I still don't really. <laughs> I feel like I don't really know how he's going to score either. Um, look, he's he's been good, um, and against Essendon, I expect him and Anzac Day to do very well. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm just not sure what how much you want to pay for him. I think I would pay sub 500. I don't know if he's going to get there now. Yeah. So it kind of feels like a lost pick. It feels like other other players might be better value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been um, a tough one. Well, well, let's throw back. I heard you say Jordan Ridley's name, and I've just gone, I'm just going to duck out and get a bar of soap so you can wash your mouth out. <laughs> um, but he hasn't been overly impressive this year, and you're, it sounds like you're going to make a case for him. No, I'm going to make a case for trading him out. Oh, think, right, right, um, right, right, right. I think as a whole replacement, you're going to keep Hall with his hammy and be like, Jordan, you need to learn a lesson. You're gone. Take his hammy and just give it, give it to Hall. I I think um, just in general, Ridley's now still at 500 K before he drops too much. I think we've seen enough that he's he's not got a role. I think he's going to average like maybe 90 or he's not going to be the point. The the fact of the matter is he's not going to be a top six forward. uh, Definitely won't be a top six forward, but probably not a top six defender either. Um, He's nowhere near it. He he gets, he's being led really far up the ground and then he's just missing a lot of the the defensive contests. Um, It's a trade out for me. I think that one's quite clear. I think that's even more clear cut, especially because he hasn't dropped that much in price. He's more clear cut than someone like Whitfield. Um, yeah. where Whitfield's pretty much just hampered by random things and injury and his own poor you know, skill. But I kind of feel like he could still somewhat bounce back. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to make it clear. I mean, Whitfield, his stats were so good and he scored so bad. I mean, if you watch the game in the first quarter, you would, if you were just looking at watching him play, you probably thought he had like a 40-point quarter and then he scored 18 at quarter time because yeah. he had like four clangers to start the game um, mm. and just never recovered from it. So it's, it's a hard one, but I, I still think I'm, I'd be holding Whitfield now at 460K. I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, a ride it out now. It's painful, Chizo. Yeah, I mean, if you'd picked Sicily instead of Whitfield, you're probably sitting pretty happy right uh, now. I mean, How Sicily's- good has he been? Incredible. It doesn't even matter what role he has. I mean, sometimes he plays lockdown and then he scores well, and then other times he plays as, you know, third man up and scores really well. So he's had four tons, a low of 84. Do you think if you didn't start him, I mean, I know it's painful having to pay 60K more, but he's still Mm. only 505K. Um, Is he a Ridley replacement? Um. Look, he could be. I, the thing that still worries me is all the things that worried me off him in the preseason. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Maybe if it's buy time and I'm looking for like that final upgrade, I, I would certainly look at it. I'm a little concerned as it being a first upgrade and I'm using one of my uh, my bash bo- uh, the trade boosts to get someone like a Sicily in. And, you know, the, again, that just calls back to my kind of a bit more of a safety thing. Um, I just feel like there's probably going to be better value elsewhere and I can buy into 
him a little bit later on. Um, but there's, there's absolutely no denying that he's been fantastic this year and uh, he would have been a fantastic starting selection for those that did pick him. You know what's funny, Chizo? Yeah. You, at the, you're like, I'm going to be safe. Like every point in time, I'm going to be safe. And I'm like, I'm yeah. going to trade out Gorn. I'm going to bring in <laughs> Green. I'm going to bring in Crips and do all these crazy things. And then we're like the same rank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nearly yeah, identical. And we have completely yeah. different teams with completely different strategies. <laughs> I'm still part of last coach standing. That's all I care about. <laughs> I've enough. just got to go one better this year. That's all I'm looking for. Well, uh, that would that would be great if you can pull that <laughs> off. That's for sure. Um, I think we probably should move on though to the midfields because mm. uh, we've spent some time, and I guess it's a good segue to talk about Tom Green. Um, Green, I brought in. I know I was on the podcast last week, so I couldn't talk about, it, but I brought him in two weeks ago. Um, basically, I really liked what I'd seen um, yeah. from his first three rounds. He had gone you know 30 plus touches which was a big tick um all the indicators for breakout were there increased time on ground roll because of hopper being out um he had also it wasn't more it wasn't just a three game sample size because in the preseason game he'd also got 31 touches um yep. in the scratch match before the preseason game he had he was on his way to another 30 plus in the three quarters that gws played he was on 75 dream team at three shoulder length quarters. Um, pretty much everything was pointing to the green break breakout. So I, I was like, you know what? After the three games, I know it's it's a small sample size. Um, Parrish hadn't fired. Mills hadn't fired. Laird was injured. I thought, you know what? I'm looking at the top eight, I guess, midfielders here. It looks like McRae's are going to be a lock. Neil's going to be a lock. Took Miller's going to be a lock. Oliver and Petrarca look like they're going to be locks. And Steele is going to be a lock. And I saw those six and I was like, you know what? Cripps is dominating, so he might be there. Um, Walsh was pushed out more on the wing. I thought, geez, there's there's an opportunity here that Tom Green might be the guy that, that comes up into this you know, top eight category. So at 500K, when I got him, I thought, you know, this is going to be a, a worthwhile punt. Um, and I don't know if he was, Jizo. I I feel like he's been really good. Mm. Obviously, he got out 115 this week. Um, but then things have changed. Parrish has looked better, even if he's lazy. Um, but he's not not really lazy. It's just a joke. Just a chill, Essen fans. Chill, cheese. You can see it's my fine. eyes right he's now. Not, it's, 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 Look at my eyes kidding. right now. It, it, he's not lazy. He's fine. Um, he's scoring much better. Ice. <laughs> he, he's scoring much better. And Mills, um, I mean, the Achilles is always worrying, but... He's looking like he's scored, scoring really well. You've got Keys coming in who is scoring incredibly well. Um, I don't know if he's going to be there. Um, I just know that at 500K, he looks like a good buy. I'm not sure at 547K if he is. He's very inside, which is great for Supercoach. He takes a lot of shots on goal. It doesn't seem sustainable. Um he was kicking like, you know, one and a half, two goals a game. He had three behinds in this match. He could have kicked another two goals. Um, I think the thing that I need to see is how the return of Toby Green impacts Green. Um, mm. If if Canelio gets pushed out of the forward line and back into the midfield, um, what happens with Taranto? Kind of what, what happens with Tom Green? I yeah. don't think he's going to 
not be this price. Sorry for the double negative. I should start again. I think he will be at 550k again at some stage this season, and you'll be able to reassess him at his buy. He's got the round 12 buy, so you can pick him up after that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I'd be. That's kind of how I'm leaning to that now. Is that is that fair, Chizo? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the thing that <clears throat> that stands out for Tom Green is he's going to have some great breakout games, but he's probably also susceptible to um, the odd kind of low game as well. If we go through his five rounds so far, he had 31 touches and two goals, uh, 34 touches and a behind. He then had 29 touches, two goals. And then in round five, he had 34 touches and three behinds. Again, it could have been another blowout. But in round four against Frio, he's had 17 touches and two goals. That's that's really easy, 60. Yeah, it could have been the 60. I mean, he was... The goals were... It was a tight game, you know, so the goals were worth a lot at the point in yeah. time. Um, but he's had, he's, had, he's had half the disposals bet- like between round four and round five, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he's, yeah. Sti- he's still going to be susceptible as a young player to that. Um, and and, and it sort of... I'm actually eyeing off Parrish as a, a potential value option that people aren't really paying attention to because yeah. he's never been a a breakaway from packs type of player and he's always been sort of in an under round one he had 34 round two he had 35 round three he had 24 round four he had 38 round five he had 33 it, the the potential is there totally. if Essendon, Essendon get their ish together that those 33 34 35 38 turn into the scores we saw last year when Essendon were performing and they get more of the pie when they're not getting pants by 10 goals in a quarter. Um, so I certainly think that, you know, and his his only 120 this year was in a win and we know he scores better and wins and he when he, get, he plays as an inside midfielder and wins, he averages nearly 130. So we sort of, I've, I've just got one eye on him because he's pretty and then another eye on him <laughs> just because as soon as kind of Essendon hopefully get their stuff together, it is going to turn the tide. And he, he's not going to be super cheap because he's still going to be averaging 105 to 115 in bad in a bad Essendon side. He's that type of player now. But he's going to present value if you can find the, the, the turn of the tide if it comes at some point. I do think he's a really good pick for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, you would hope Essendon can't play this way for like the entire season because they're not good mm. at the moment. Um, and mm. as you said, Parrish is still... What do they stand for? Yeah. So, look, something, something's got to change. <laughs> he still has managed to put out a 113 and 121 in his last two games. So the the potential, I, I, it's bright, loud and clear um, that Parrish is, you know, top eight midfield potential in there. But Chizo, I guess, comparatively, Petrarca is at 575k. Yeah. He um, has a break even of 132. So... He could get it a little bit cheaper as well if you wait a week, but I do feel like mm. Richmond are probably easy pickings. Although, which team isn't easy pickings for Melbourne at this point in time? Then, then Hawks immediately after. Yeah, I mean, look, Melbourne's run coming up is unbelievable. We target yeah. in the preseason. We talk about targeting him and Oliver um, for the round six run. So that that's kind of why I've had my eye on these guys at this stage of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Richmond, Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast, North Melbourne, Fremantle at the G, Sydney at the G, Collingwood at the G, into the bye. I mean, it's pretty luxurious, specifically, you know, in the next five weeks. I think um, Petrarca feels like more of a flat-track bully than Oliver does, um, and that's kind of why 
I want him now. Um, yeah, but yeah. given he's the same price as Parrish, um, I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Yeah, no, I absolutely do. Like, I, I'm, I, I certainly think that Parrish has a few more um, a thousand to drop before he becomes an option that we want to be jumping on and we see, see a turn of the tide. I think Melbourne are just so phenomenal this year that and, and Pachanko so as well. There, there's, I, I don't see a world where he returns less than what he's already priced at. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, you have those people that want a penny pinch and they're like, oh, but I might be able to get him for 550. And it's like, yeah, you might be able to get him for 550. It might be around 20 when he gets there though. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like for, for, for 25K, is it worth getting on this bull run that he... he you know, that's a, a double pun there that he could potentially go on. And I, I think I agree with your sentiments with Oliver just does Oliver things and Petrarca, not that he's a downhill skier, but when Melbourne are on, Petrarca just seems to be in all the right <coughs> all the right places at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's he's dropped 30K and it just it looks like a you know Richmond Hawthorne St Kilda West Coast North Frio Sydney Collingwood into the bye, um, I, I, and it's something I, I, I now that I remember you were talking about um, Tom Stewart as someone that you might want to think about in, in the defence line. I believe he's like within two thousand of what Petrarca is, and if you're, exactly. put, you're comparing apples to apples, I'd be using that DPP to try and get hauled to someone like Petrarca because the the value there I think is just so much higher than what you're getting with someone like a Tom Stewart. That's exactly what I wanted to hear you say, Chizo. I think it it is interesting. Um, people, I, I, f- I think we're going to have this conversation again with Tim English uh, when we talk about the forwards, but mm. these midfielders they rarely drop below like 560, 570. I think that's like the cheapest you get them. Oliver, I don't expect to go like below 580 for the whole season. Um, They're... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Also, generally the best scorers in the game. People like Tom Stewart, it just takes him to have, you know, flat 100s. And then he goes back down to like, you know, 540, 530. If he goes under 100, which defenders often do. Um, you know, they go down to, you know, 530 even. Um, but these these types of midfielders just don't do that, um, particularly when it's somebody as volatile as Petrarca where he's had two, 
I guess we'll call them poor games in a 98 and a 85 in rounds three and four. But Richmond, like, even though he's got a break even 132, like, I kind of expect him to hit it and then spike back up and then become unobtainable. Um, or someone that's just becomes poor value to get. I never really want to spend 600k on a premium midfielder if I can avoid it. I think last season people went early on steel um, and bought him at 650k, which didn't work out because you miss the value picks at the time and then you could pick him up for 570 like five weeks later. And mm-hmm. he didn't even have bad scores. He had like two uh, lower hundreds and one, and that's 91. And in that, just because those three scores dropped him all the way to 570k and he didn't get cheaper than that. And I feel like this is what Petrarca's done now. Like he's at that almost bottom price and you get him this week or next week and you enjoy him for the run and it doesn't feel like it's worth me spending, you know, 570 on a Doherty or a Petrarca. It's even hard to convince myself to go, you know, 550 for a Sinclair when Petrarca's only 20K more expensive. So Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. No, yeah, good good spot from you there, Chiso. Another um, midfielder, I mean, look, Oliver we'll talk about next week. He's going to drop another 20, 30K in value um, and we'll definitely want to ta- target him then. Um, if you don't have someone like Took Miller, he's also probably at... He hasn't you know, been bad either. I, 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 a lot of people have been cursing his name, but I don't, I don't think he's been bad. Like the numbers are there. He's just, I don't, it's not I, tackling. just not linking. Yeah, no tackle, Took. No tackle, Took. He's had seven quarters in a row with no tackles now, which is from someone who averaged seven a game. It's absolutely bizarre. I mean, yeah. his disposals are there, so he's put out a one hundred five and a one hundred seven. He, we In the preseason, when we were talking about him, we said, oh, well, he gets 30 points a game from tackles. So just mm. add that to the base. He, these are games where he should be scoring 130s and 140s. In round one and two, he had the exact same type of game with the tackles and got 137 and 140. And then he just yeah. hasn't tackled the last two games and put out a 105 and 107. It's disappointing, but if he just tackles... Yeah, and the there's no reason. There. It's it's not like his shoulders sore. So there's no reason if he just tackles, you know, like what we expect him to do. He's going 130 for the rest of the season. So, mm. um, yeah, I think if you don't own him, he's also somebody that I would that recommend getting. I think he's very good. Um, last one, Chizo. Uh Someone I messaged JB about before their podcast last week, and I said, "Hey, you need to talk about Bailey Smith," and then. He left me on unread uh, before the podcast. I don't think he was having a bar of it. But Bailey Smith um, has kind of come out of, I'd say come out of nowhere, but it's not really fair given his final series and how he like blitzed the competition and looked unbelievable in the finals last season. Um, in terms of super coach scoring, though, he has been, um, I guess, on a complete hot run, hot streak. I don't know what hot run is. A five-round average of 119. I mean, the season average. It's five rounds. I guess technically the same. Um, he's... Oh, well, he missed a game. So he's had a 139 and 80. Uh, missed a game. Sorry. 139, missed a game. 80. 122, 135. Why is he scoring so much higher, you might ask? That, Chizo, my furry friend, is because of... <laughs> I've got his- Manscaped, mate. <laughs> it's true <laughs> that is because his time on ground has gone out of this absolute world he 
in round one, only had 79% time on ground. Since then, he's barely gone to the bench. In, in round three, he had 97% time on ground against Sydney, 95% time on ground against Richmond, and last week he had 94% time on ground against North Melbourne. So mm. when you're a midfielder that's not going to the bench and you're just running up and down the wing for the entire game, yeah. you're, you're going to score points. I mean, he's scoring... Only at like one point one. I was going to say that. His PPA, he's yeah. It's not even high. It's not high. He's not doing anything that's not sustainable. Like all of this is. I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure playing you know ninety seven percent time on ground as a midfielder is sustainable because it's not been done before. But in terms of scoring, it's sustainable. One point one is you know completely reasonable the top end premiums do like 1.2 1.3 sometimes um it's it's definitely not far-fetched that he could continue having 1.1 points per minute per game it's completely up to bevo whether he plays bailey smith for this point in time but you said um, the magic words or the anti-magic words yeah it's up to bevo i think i think some positives though is hunter as of i don't know right before we started the podcast is now on indefinite leave with no return date at the club. Um, we're not sure why. They just said personal reasons. So they have one less, I guess, rotation. So they might just then, you know, utilize Smith's running capacity and let him run out all day, every day. Um, I think if you're playing Dream Team or AFL Fantasy, he's an absolute must-have this week before it gets too expensive because he scores even better in Dream Team. I mean... It's not great that it takes it takes him like forty touches to score one hundred and twenty super coach points, but to be honest, if you're playing one hundred percent game time, why why can't you average forty touches? Mm. Like he's not he's not getting a touch at an unsustainable rate either. He's just playing so much time on ground, like it's absurd. Um, so yeah, Chizo role is good. Can't see that anything impacting his role. Um, Time on ground is absurdly high. I'm not sure if that's sustainable or not, and that's my biggest question mark because we've just never seen anything like this before. Um, but to be fair, they said when he was drafted and everything that he was like an aerobic beast and he could run all day and he's been able to run heaps, so maybe it is sustainable. Um, <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you feel about it? Um. I certainly don't mind it as a pick. We saw this not that long ago. We got a window when he was a forward eligible player and everyone was just like scrambling over each other to get him into their sides and that just kind of dissipated as the role and kind of the, the year came to him. Um, I, I think that it is sustainable in terms of um, he has he certainly has the ability. I remember from his, his draft class, I think he was the, the second best mid behind Walsh. You correct me if I'm wrong there. But yeah, yeah. Um, every, everyone was thinking that, they got, that the doggies got an absolute steal uh, getting in where they did. So um, he's certainly got the, um, the potential and the pedigree to be this type of player. And this is the type of player that we've been expected of someone like Sam Walsh from his draft class. So... Um, it certainly can be representative of a breakout. Obviously, he's got a few doggies players that he's going to be fighting um, uh, for pieces of the pie and, and things like that. But there's also positives to it as well. Yes, he's averaging 119, but it's not like he's averaging 140 and we're trying to predict what he could fall back to. Um, the fact of the matter is that 
he still hasn't kicked a goal this year. He's zero goals, six behinds as well. So It's too tired um, to kick a goal. <laughs> that's true. Tired legs. He's got to get close to the goal. Um, there, there is absolutely the potential that this is the one fifteen breakout that we see from Bailey Smith. Um, do you think he presents enough value at, at, at 5.22, I guess, is the question I'll throw back to you. Yeah, look, I think this is the week though, right? Because he's got a break even of 45. And I, yeah. I feel like that's Tom Green territory where... I'd be picking Bailey Smith over Tom Green right now. At 5.22, I feel like Bailey Smith is a potential top 10 midfielder and presents good value. But when it gets to 5.50, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to finish top 10. I'm not really yeah. quite sure about it. And then it doesn't feel like good value. I guess yeah. I'm not sure if, if... if I don't know if you can have both. I mean, I've got Tom Green. I don't know if I can get Bailey Smith as well because I feel like it's unlikely that both of them finish yeah, top yeah. 10. Um, it's probably only one of them, and I don't know if I can. Yeah, they're grab, fighting grab a lot of people to get in there too. They are, they really are. But look, I think I would feel comfortable. Yeah, if you're looking at Tom Green, I'd be looking at Bailey Smith. I mean, their run that they've got Adelaide, sorry, Jizo Essendon, uh, Port Adelaide, yeah. sorry, JB Collingwood, sorry, Pistol. Hey, what a chance <laughs> for that? Um, Gold Coast. And West Coast all in a row. <laughs> like, that's six games. I that... loved how you paused on Gold Coast. Like, sorry, no, yeah, no one goes for them. I, I you, who goes for them? Trumpet guy? <laughs> um, Doc's favorite. Yeah, I think. Yeah, those six games that they've got coming up are like top tier games for him mm, as well mm, to do well. Yeah. Um, if he, yeah, I can see him going 115 plus in that run of games. So maybe. Maybe he is going to be a top 10. I don't know. Now I'm looking at it more closely, Chizo. I'm not sure. Yeah. I couldn't get it's both, a, could I? That's it's, suicide. It's certainly the price, though, that, like, if you're faced with this decision and he's 580K, like, it's it's really easy to go, no, I'm going to pick yeah, one the of the other. Yeah, one of the big guns that we know we're going to get what we get for. It's the, the 60 to 80K that we're saving by getting him now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Again, can he play... Are we going to be looking at this in round 15 and he's still playing 97% <laughs> time on ground? Like, my my gut feel is, no. how? Like, yeah. how could he be doing that still? Like, I, I'm, I'm going through Gaff's percentage time on ground, you know, outside 2020, which was short in quarters, and Gaff didn't even do that. And we've mm. all been told, you know, Gaff, amazing winger, can run all day. And, and he was going like 90, 91, 92. And I thought, wow, geez, that's that's pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, some games he's, he's peaked at 94% time on ground. I think that's the highest that I can you see. You know what it is? Vaguely. There's a 95. I'm like, you know what it is? Bailey Smith's averaging that. He's not what getting a break because he's not kicking a goal. You know, the <laughs> sports scientists get him to run off the field once they kick a goal. He's kicked six behinds. That's why he's been stuck on the field. <laughs> I mean... He's not a great ball user, but I don't know if that's true or if he's just too tired to use the ball well. <laughs> All right, mate. I, I think that wraps up Bailey Smith. We could keep... Um, I think that probably wraps up the midfield. Uh, Raul and Horn Francis, I do want to talk about. There's a few people that are just trying to ditch them straight away. Obviously, yep. the issue that we're having with Raul is that for some reason, he's now a tagger and it's like the exact opposite of what Gold Coast need right now. Yeah. Um, and Horn Francis is, yes, he's got a bit of a high break even. He had a poor game on the weekend, but he's still in the 50s or something like that. Like, are we desperate to get rid of guys that have the potential to bang out back-to-back 80s? Look, 
I think for for Raul with a break even of a hundred, I, I do think he's going to have like another one fifty in him this season. But I don't know how. It's the opportunity cost of waiting for that point yeah. to come versus grabbing someone at their cheapest point right now. Um, you know, like a Petrarca. I think I just would rather make the move now. Um, in terms of Horn Francis, though, he's going to be more. This he's going to be more expensive than three sixteen k. Like I'm quite sure about it. This this yeah. won't be. This isn't like the optimal time to sell him. Um, it's unfortunate that he scored 39. He started with a lot of clangers as well, but he probably had, you know, a 60-plus game. I wouldn't be surprised if that 39 is his lowest score of the entire season, Chiso. Um, it's just... North Melbourne have not a great upcoming run. I guess it's okay, but it's not brilliant. I mean, Geelong, Carlton, Frio in Frio. Um, I'm a bit worried that his cash gem will just stall um, for the period of time. I guess that's not a bad thing because you can pick and choose when you want to sell him. Um, ideally, yeah. I would have liked to have held him to the buy, but I'm just looking at, you know, if I want to grab Oliver at his lowest point and I want to grab Petrarca, like I need someone to trade, right? And I'm hardly going to trade somebody with a break-even of like six when I have yeah. when I have Horn Francis here with a break-even of 51. So yeah. I think either way, sell him or hold him is fine. I, I, I don't really believe there's a must-do move on Horn Francis here. Hey, you got to remember, he scored 43 in the last three quarters. So, in an absolute smashing, that's still pretty good for a rookie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's a good player. I mean, I just, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> I know, hot take, Horn Francis is a good player. <laughs> yeah, you've just been in our DMs in the in the Keeper League saying hey, he's going to be the, the next best player thing so uh, I, I know your take on it um, I, I guess the question is it sounds like you're, you're saying the, the, the thing for me with Rao is that round one we saw the player that he could be 30 plus touches, bunches of tackles um, winning free kicks going after the ball and then almost immediately switched, he hasn't had what's he oh had, he's gosh. had 19, 18 19 and 18 touches in the last he works four weeks. so hard for those 20 touches a game I know, but he's not—he's not running free anymore. He's, no, it's like he doesn't he's, get the thirty. He, he's still getting the tackles. Like in in round thirteen, he had eighteen touches and thirteen tackles, and you know that's great. But he's just not being given the freedom that we saw in round one against against the no. Eagles. Like where you know this is something that we we're concerned about in the preseason. That's why you know I didn't start him is because I you know it was totally viable for him to go 110 in the right role, it was also totally viable for him to not go 95 plus because he doesn't, he's still a young kid that's played eight games. Um, yeah. In the first preseason two games going, you know, 118 plus and then round one, 150. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you can't begrudge anyone for bringing no, it in. It just seems no, like the right at call at the time. And then yeah. so, as quickly as it came, it's gone. Um, and he just looks like he's, strugg- he's going to struggle to get 30 touches. And without yeah. getting 30 touches, he can't turn up. Yeah. So Well, yeah, he, he, that's the thing. If he gets 30 touches, it's because he's playing the right role. If he doesn't get 30 yeah. touches, it's because he's not playing the right role. It's as simple as that. So if, he gets, if, if, if he's averaging 30 touches over a month, I guarantee he's averaging 130 points. 130 yeah oh, that's a lot well he's he hit he hit 30 touches once this year and he went 157 i don't think it's that's true it's necessarily a bad you know the the start start to his career is also helpful um yeah what side of the fence <coughs> what side of the fence am i leaning on 
based on what I'm seeing on I'm, I'm watching the Gold Coast games because that's all I get live TV in, in Queensland is that just I don't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, and, and it's it's really you. scaring me off it. And if I'm looking between him and Horn Francis for someone that I want to cash in, it, it seems really easy easy for me that I'd be looking to cash in Rao to try and do a, a boost to get some a, you know a steal or you know someone that's underpriced like a Petrarca in. Yeah, no, I yeah. I think um, people might be a bit annoyed um, that we've forgotten Keys. I guess at five ninety k, who's going one twenty, but I find it hard to put Keys in. Petrarca in the same sort yeah. of boat, um, which is kind of you know for an extra fifteen k. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm don't think sure I don't King appreciate when he. One. I don't think I don't appreciate and have a soft spot for Benny Keys when he used to DM us for for Supercoach guidance before <laughs> he got drafted. Uh, shout out, um, but yeah, I, I think when you're dealing with that price range, you're looking for sure bets. You're not looking for guys that he could be a breakout or he could just go back to yeah. Culling the Look, ball like he usually does. Three three round average. <laughs> you give him a shout out and then you take him down the peg immediately. Ah, he um, doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> three, three round average of 109. Um, <coughs> I just, yeah, paying. I, I, I think it'll go 110. But mm. I don't know if you're paying, you're paying at a price where he's going 115, right? So, yeah. Or you're paying a guy that you're going to get 120 not, from. No value anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no value in the selection. I love it for him. Value. I'd I'd love for him to be a top ten. Don't get me wrong, I love that. Well, stuff. I I wouldn't just because it means the players that I've picked won't be in the top ten. Yeah, true. So, All right, mate. It's, it's a no from me. That's the midfield. <laughs> uh, Ruckline. There's some craziness going on. I know you're really hot on Bruce. We've all, also got Sam Hayes poking his head up with no um, Ruckman at Port Adelaide. What are your thoughts there? Because I I know this whole Gorn out, and then I'm sure you're going to do a Grundy out, and then you're going to be playing with just rookies in the, in the Ruckline. No, uh, you got some crazy stuff going on. Talk to me. I have some crazy stuff going on. No, um, so I think there's a couple of issues that we've got to talk about. Firstly, Grundy. Um, I'm quite staunchly in the hold uh, Grundy camp, which might come as a surprise given I was in the trade-out Gorn camp and look how that's ended up. Um, no, that's not why. Um, I think, to be honest, um, Collingwood didn't have much of a choice in terms of our team selection against Brisbane. Um, we had McCreary out injured, we had Ginnivan out injured, and we had Elliot out in- injured, which were our smalls. Um, you may have noticed Chizo Collingwood, Fantasy Freak, um, yeah, was it uh, a swamp thing? I can't remember. Someone tweeted, we were play- playing as the tallest ever Collingwood side. Um, it was absolutely enormous, um, which again, you know, is not going to be a good thing when you've got Grundy in your side and you've got, you know, Cox and Cameron um, floating around the forward line. It's it's an absolute disaster. So just for people that were not aware, we had Cox 211 centimetres, Cameron 204 centimetres, Grundy 203 centimetres, Kruger 196 McInnes 194 and Wilson 194 in our forward line. And then, because they weren't having great games, we threw more forward at 203 centimetres um, in the last quarter as well because all the talls were struggling. So it was just a perfect storm of Collingwood not having uh, smaller players available, um, which mm. meant that the Cox and Cameron, when they weren't doing well in the forward line, um, to try and build them into the game, they got thrown into the ruck. And it came at the expense of Grundy's time on ground. I think he had something like something like 
60% time on ground in the first half. Um, he really struggled. He had really low time on ground in that game um, and then couldn't really get into it. Um, I think this week, though, um, McCreary's already ruled fit. I think uh, Ginovan, I'm not sure if he's ruled fit, but he had soreness, so I would think he's going to be fit. And then Myocek is out of the health and safety protocol. So I'm guessing, you know, Cox and Cameron go out. Um, maybe even a third tall goes out. And when you remove these talls from Collingwood's side, straight away Grundy's time on ground increases. His role as, you know, the ruck while he's on ground increases, um, which just means that he's likely to bounce back. It's hard to remember that he's actually been good this season um, yeah. because we've been, I guess, upset at all rucks. But he's only had, he's had a 124, 101, 96, 118, and then this 53. Yeah. Um, with Essendon, Gold Coast, Richmond, Bulldogs, Fremantle, Carlton, Hawthorne up ahead, it's a relatively soft draw in terms of Ruckman. I think Wits is probably the only danger, maybe Darcy in round 10. All the other Ruckman... Until then, uh, probably you put them in the second or third tier Ruckman in the AFL. So I would be expecting Grundy to have big bounce back. Um, I'm, I'm quite strong on, on that hold there, Chizo. Yeah, yeah. I certainly am as well. It's yeah, very similar reasons why I wanted people to hold Gorn as well. In that um, I just find it really hard to trade someone where I, I can't actually physically see anything drastically wrong over a period of time um and there's going to be aberrations there's going to be poor games there's going to be things like that so as long as you're taking in all the data and making an educated decision i can i, I can certainly understand that well but i think it just I think, it's just it's just difficult for me to rationalize trading someone like that you know like uh, theoretically if you're going grundy to someone like Pruce and you're going so, like to another premium and everywhere like uh, somewhere else on your side i just find it's that's just a move of swapping premiums i just find it really hard to rationalize when the premium is not even doing that bad and you want them back again at some point that's the the wanting them back is the hard part for me i think this is a selling grundy at a low like it's a selling low and buying high which makes it feel bad i think not not that um the gone trade out's gone particularly well but at least i sold him out at a high, I didn't sell him after a price drop. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. So it kind of feels a bit better. I think the reason to trade Grundy um, is the same as the reason to trade Gorn um, a while back, which is the opportunity cost of the ruck slots. I mean, there's so many good ruckmen this season in Supercoach that by keeping Grundy and Gorn combination, you're, you're either going to miss out on Pruce or you're going to miss out on Sam Hayes from Port Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's where it hurts, right? Because you're missing great cash generation and point scoring ability. Um, so I definitely don't think that, you know, you have to hold either Grundy or Gorn. I think you can sell them and be successful. However, um, just, I guess, how we've seen the season go, I think I'd be holding them now. Um, one, to use trades in other parts of my team. And two, um, Flynn probably played better than I expected and I imagine will retain his place in the side um, probably as secondary ruck, maybe primary ruck, in which case him and Proust probably split it um, and one goes forward and while the other's rucking and vice versa. I, I imagine Proust will still, I believe he'll be the long-term number one ruck, but it might hurt his immediate 
point scoring potential as well as then effective price rises. Um, just the unknowns. If it was a certainty, like if, if Flynn had come in and looked terrible, I'd be probably, um, you know, my opinion would have changed a lot more and I'd be much more gung-ho on getting in Bruce and thinking, mm. yeah, he's the number one option, everyone grab him. But just because of that little bit of uncertainty, I, I don't think I'm advocating massively for it. Um, and then that cheese or that runs straight in with Sam Hayes becoming viable for Port Adelaide. You know, 123K, number one ruck scored, 75. Doesn't, he's not, he looks gassed in the first quarter and he, he just scores yeah. from his hitouts. He doesn't get much of the ball. Old school ruckman. Um, but he's going to be Port Adelaide's number one ruck for the next like three months, um, yeah. which is amazing cover. You don't have to worry about him getting dropped. Um, and he's going to make money and you'll probably hold him to the buys anyway. So yeah. if you're holding him to the buys and you're holding Proust to the buys, they're probably making similar amounts of money and you get Hayes um, for an extra you know, 80K right now in your hands, which is useful for your first upgrades. Yeah. So if you have Gorn and Grundy, I probably would be leaning Hayes as your R3. I mean, I do think Proust probably makes more money at the end of the day, but... Um, I think that extra 80k up front is going to be more valuable spending it on your field than having it on your bench um, with Proust. So, yeah. and you don't have to have that uncertainty um, around. So, yeah, hey, Hayes. Think, sorry to, to cut you off. Hayes no, is much easier in terms of doing a, a natural downgrade as well. Whereas yes. the the potential of having to get Proust in complicates it. Me like, oh, maybe I do have to involve Grundy and then get him back. Uh, whereas Hayes is is very simple. Pretty much all of us have a Dixon or a, a um, a Jack Hayes at R3, we've probably got some DPP action that we can swing, you know, maybe a ward from the midfield. Suddenly we throw one of our new DPPs like Martin into the midfield. We throw our R3 into the forward line and we can pick up a Hayes at the cost of a a rookie. It's a genuine downgrade as opposed to sideways-ing premiums. Um, and I guess to kind of come full circle in terms of like, um, you know, I, I get every every year is is different. We're five rounds in now. I'm only sixty points behind what I was last year, and I'm a hundred k ahead in terms of cash generation. And I'm having a nothing year. You know what I mean? So um, there's certainly moves that people are making that are getting ahead of the pack. Um, I, I'm still certainly sticking to doing a natural downgrade if I can help it. Uh, the only thing that that probably can <coughs> sorry. The only thing that probably concerns me is you said that he was gassed in the first quarter, Sam Hayes. Towards the end there when Port were really pushing to try and take the game, he was um, on the mark in the... I forget where I forget where it was, on a 50-meter arc. I forget if it was forward or defense. And he just kind of lied down on the ground and just started stretching his calves. He was just like, I am so gassed right now. I can't, I'm not, I can't even stand up and provide a shepherd or nothing. He was done. And my only concern is like, yes, he's the number one ruck, but he's still also quite young and there's a reason that he hasn't been thrust into this role until some sort of big injury has come along. And I do I do get concerned that it's going to be one of those situations where he comes in for two, has a rest, plays for three, has a rest, um, and maybe goes missing just because he is so gassed. I mean, it's totally possible and he could ruin his cash gen and disappear, but... He's that old school tap ruckman, so if you're getting your points from the taps, you don't you can get zero disposals and still score okay. Yeah. Um which kind of makes me feel a little bit better. But yeah, you're right. There's there's risk in him and there's risk in Proust. I just yeah, I think that eighty K right now on my hands makes me Super feel a lot helpful. better. 
<laughs> JB's just at home eating grapes, just like lounging and on his couch. Um, you, well, He's probably talking- exhausted from all the podcasts. I <laughs> oh, know. Uh, talking about um, the some ruckman, obviously one that we've neglected to mention at this point because he's more of a forward line option is Tim English. Um, We're still waiting for Steph Martin to come in. At this point, I'm not even convinced he ever will because Tim (laughs) English has just been what we were promised for five years. Look, Cheezo, it's a hard one. Um, I feel the same way. The sound of you swallowing your pride. Yeah, it's it's difficult (laughs) here. I'm... I'm in two minds. I really, really am. I think I don't want to pay 572 almost the same price as Petrarca for English because yeah. the threat of Martin is still hovering, even if that threat becomes you know, a smaller percentage every single week that he, he plays. Um, I just feel like at some point, Steph Martin's going to have to have a stinker and then I'm going to be able to pounce at a much cheaper price. I'm more confident on that than some of these midfield options. Oh, I'm, I'm I mean, very confident that Steph Martin's going to have a stinker. <laughs> Sorry, English is going to have <laughs> yeah, a stinker. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. I just feel like he's got so unbelievably lucky with his ruck run. Like being able to play, you know, against a, you know, the the hickey, the hickeyless swans and then a solo nank um, and then uh, Sherry. New Ruckman and Sherry, yeah. Yeah, Sherry, like... Now he has Rob, which will be tough. I guess Draper's pretty easy, and then Hayes is pretty... Oh, my God. I'm looking through his ruck run. It's, it's quite easy for the next it's, three. Yeah. Um, he does have Grundy and then Wits. It just takes one bad game for you to be cheaper than five, 570. Like, 570 yeah. is a high enough price where you have to maintain a really high average to be able to be at this price. And if you score, like, an 80, you... you become cheaper than 570 yeah so yeah i'm kind of just hoping at this point in time more so than anything that he just has a cheaper price i mean surely i can pick english up at 570 at worst case scenario at some stage of the season like you can't we can't be above 600 the whole season right jizo uh sure <laughs> like he, he can't, like realistically he can't like if I'm going to pay 570 for English I may as well do it on my time whenever I want to get him and not be forced into it like I'm going to pick up I'm going to tick off all of my value selections first and then when I come back around when the value ones are gone I'm going to be like all right now I'll put Dim English in my basket at 570k if I have to um, he, yeah. he definitely feels like someone that I can pick up after his buy and just cop it until then I'll just have to be eating my words every week um, yeah, basically, yeah. sorry, eating my pride every week, I should say, um, until I, I get in my team. Um, yeah. But yeah, it hurts uh, losing a lot of points every week just because you know he's averaging 122 and looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last one kind of in the forward line that we will kind of touch on, it's starting to drag on a little bit, um, is Jordan Ngoi versus Luke Parker. Luke Parker obviously has the DPP. The goalie hasn't necessarily been terrible. I actually think he's been quite good, but he just hasn't had that 110-type midfield role that we saw in 2021. Um, How do you see these two shaping up as to, you know, maybe someone's looking at, um, 
using some cash to, to upgrade in terms of a, a forward this week? It's very interesting. Um, so they're basically the same price. <clears throat> I guess pros and cons with both of them, but Dugowie, I don't think he's got that same role as last season where okay. he had a lot of the you know ball off the half-back line. They were chipping it around a little bit. He was kicking it sideways. Um, Collingwood's game style is a lot more direct, and we go forward a lot more, which really does impact Dugowie specifically as a midfielder mm-hmm. um, in a negative way, but impacts him positively as Dugowie as the forward. So he's kind of able to counteract those less disposals and marks by hopefully kicking more goals. Um, and Collingwood are much more competitive than we were last season as well. Um, that being said, I think I have to look at him with a new lens of what I believe he can average. I think pre-season we thought maybe you know 105 plus because he was going to be a full-time midfielder, of which he's Collingwood's number one CBA midfielder um, this season. He's still going to have that role, um, even with Elliot out. He still played as the number one midfielder. But I think you've got to temper your expectations. I think he's going to likely go between you know, 95 and 100. Um, he's kind of averaging 102 now, so not too dissimilar to his current average. I think 480 is still a good price. And then you've got Parker, on the other hand, who has basically gone from 160 score to a 30 score and back up to 111 score and is yo-yoing all over the place on the back of you know, his goal kicking. Um, but his center bounces are actually pretty stable in about the 50% range. So he's still getting 50% of the center bounces. Um, but his scoring is massively sporadic. Um, it's it's a hard one for me personally, Chizo, because I think Parker's technically in a better side in, I don't know if it's a better role, but there's more potential to improve in his role because Mills is really injury prone, which means he can jump in at any point in time into the midfield. Um, you've got young legs who might tire and then he will get more midfield time. You have Papley's return, which, I mean, Ronk probably goes out at first, but they could definitely, you know, play around with their midfield mix. I think Robottom's probably been a little bit disappointing this season and they want to get more time uh, into someone like Warner, maybe even Goulden flicking them through the midfield. Um, I can see throughout the year Parker improving on that 50% CBAs to like a 60-70% and his scoring becoming more consistent um, and him, you know, probably averaging around 100. And then, yeah, at the same time, I feel like Dugowie is like a sure thing to go 95 to 100 as well. Um, So I'm just not really sure if I want to go with the... Yeah, go with the the Pies player. Um... I generally don't know, Cheese. I'm a bit stumped yeah. here. Do you have a personal preference? Um, I'd probably take Dugowie. Um Personally, um, I think I, I see a little bit more upside um, in, in terms of him. Um, the thing that Parker has always been is he's always sort of been like a, a poor man's Paddy Dangerfield in that he was... There's, there's only been a handful of players that have averaged like 25 touches in a goal a game across like the last three seasons or whatever it was. I can't remember when I, um, when this stat was relevant. Um, but Parker has the ability to have 30 touches, kick four goals, have 12 tackles, and have like 170 points and has an yeah. amazing ceiling. But 
he never seems to have a seasonal average greater than like 112. Um, and that's literally because he just has games where he goes missing and he just goes on a run of 70s. Um, and I think there is the long-term potential for that happening as well. I think the thing that we always see with the Swans is that um, the mainstays like Parker, uh, you don't see the, the, the dogs and the... Um, the D's type of these are our four midfielders and they're going to have 85% of centre bounce attendances and have the right role and we're just going to throw our best against your best. Um, Horse has always been, let's get some 21-year-old that I've never heard of from the kneeful to come in and, and, <laughs> and have 45% centre bounces. And it's just always going to cap him, I think. Um, I think if Collingwood is serious about making Jordan Ngoi a, a midfielder, which it seems like it is, um, yeah. I think he's going to prog- he's going to move into the uh, progress into twenty twenty two, and probably finish the year. Look, we're probably splitting hairs, uh, but I think yeah, I can make a, we can make a case for for Jordan Ngoi. Um, we can make a case for either one, but that, yeah, that, that's the side of the fence I'm sitting on. I think at this stage. They're both decent price. Like to go yeah. four eighty is probably close to the cheapest. I think you'll be able to get him. I think he'll come back down to four eighty, but I think yeah, thereabouts yeah, is probably the cheapest. I think Parker he's, he's not going to be consistent enough to 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 get it. But yeah. then, then again, neither is Parker. No, Parker's probably going to get to four seventy as well. Again, I mean, yeah. he's still going to go down one more uh, price drop after this week. So yeah, it, I think they're both good picks, and we'll be pushing that top six. Bracket, so I'd be happy selecting either of them. I think you just pick and choose yeah. which one's your favourite. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, the the rookies that we're looking at this week is Mal Roses from uh, Gold Coast. He's a forward, one hundred and thirty point six k. Back to back scores in the eighties. I want to say, I think uh, seventies. Seventies. Uh, you could. It's not. You're not usually wrong. So I'm. I'm gonna. Just quickly, ah, 74 and 73. You were absolutely nailed it. Um, and Perez from um, uh, North, 32 and 41 at a price of 147K in defense. Not super crash hot on, on that elevated price for that type of scoring potential. Um, no. and, and someone that you also mentioned, Sam Hayes, earlier on, and Hobbs from the Bombers, if uh, he's got that that sort of inside bull kind of uh, potential as well. There's a couple of little downgrade options in the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, for me, it's going to be Roses 1, Perez 2, if you're looking for downgrades this week. Yeah. Uh, look, honestly, I think it's more of a coin flip than it probably seems. I think Roses, okay. we saw last season... Um, he pretty much averaged 30 in his yeah, five yeah. games. Um, you know, those small forward types in poor sides can completely go missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fortunately, against Carlton and St. Kilda, the game's been, I guess, I wouldn't even say that competitive, but he's gotten to good spots. He's started hot, I believe, in both games as well with his, some of his snags coming early, so his scores have been quite good. He's holding Sexton out on the side at the moment, um, which is, you know, all ticks, and his break-even's negative 71, so you're pretty much going to get you know a 60k price rise yeah um for his first one so there's a lot of positives there i do think that it's possible you know against brisbane he doesn't kick a goal gets four touches scores 30 and then you know has is fighting for his place in the side every week after that um and could get dropped at any point in time um although you know i thought the same about o'driscoll and he came out and put out a ton so um it's, hard, it's really hard to judge with one of those small forward types. Um, 
but I certainly don't think he's a bad option because you're going to get that 60k no matter what yeah. um, after his first game. I think Perez, the scoring is awful. Um, however, he took three kickouts once Hall went off the ground. I don't know Ooh. if that's going to be you know, a permanent thing. I don't know if... Um, I assume Luke Parker will... Um, not Luke Parker, Luke McDonald will move back at least for the four or five weeks while Hall is out. Um, I don't know what that will do to sort of the kickout monopoly, but Perez will have you know, rock solid job security. I'm thinking at least until the buy with Jay-Z forward. I mean, I wonder if Jay-Z of... goes back, just goes back to his 2021 role. After he kicked five straight against the Swans, the coach said, you know, we found his position. Oh, you know, okay. He needs to be here for us. So I, they might put him back out of desperation. Um, it's true. I They're pretty desperate. Sure. But Perez was someone they highlighted in the preseason and someone that they rated highly and wanted to get games into. I think he's he's a very defensive, I guess, medium defender. So I wouldn't be expecting, you know, massive scores. I think he's probably in that Gibkiss 40 to 55 range of his scoring, which is terrible. But I think if you play long enough in the side, he could get to, you know, 240k, probably just make 100k, which whilst does not seem impressive because ultimately it's not impressive at all. Um, If you value job security, you know, and want to play it safe, I think he could definitely be at least a viable option um, compared to Roses, who is more of the glory pick, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, there's two things for Roses, I guess. Um, It's not like he's had got like a 100 or 120 kind of sitting in his his rolling average towards the end. It's back-to-back 70, so it's going to be a little bit more predictable based on what he scores this week, what you're probably going to get out of him over the the next month. Um, And uh, I guess on top of that, the the next thing I wanted to mention is that he plays uh, Brisbane this week, I think you said, Pistol. Uh, Do you want to have a guess what he scored against them in his debut game last year? Like 20? God, you're very close. 21. But he he didn't kick a goal in 2021 on his three games, so... um, he just needs to kick a snag. Just a snag, please. <laughs> and then we yeah, get some you points. Just, you just never know with the small forwards how they go. Yeah. I think you can totally go early if you need, if you didn't like either of them. If you wanted to go on Sam Hayes, yeah. I think he's locked in the port side. I think that's very safe. I wouldn't go early on Hobbs because no. it's there's more plays going in and out of the, the Don side. Yeah. But I would strongly consider looking at him next week. I think we're going to get a Greg Clark debut this round, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. And, and he might be someone to go potentially early on as well because his scoring potential should be great. Um, but that's a, that's a discussion for next week's podcast, Chizo. Yeah, sure. Um we're not going to touch on uh, anything because we're going to be putting out a, uh, a end-of-the-week podcast. We finally got no Thursday game, mate. That's so exciting. I've been waiting for this all year. Yeah, no, no, no. There'll be a good uh, Patreon Q&A, so make sure um, if you're in the Slack uh, podcast questions questions um, channel. Plus. Yes, please put in your questions so we can get to them on the Patreon-only podcast. But uh, otherwise, Chizo, I mean, definitely... Uh, not the most pleasant podcast for people to listen to in terms of our uh, yeah voices <laughs> sickly sickly voices but uh, appreciate you know getting through an hour and a half uh, chatting with me about this week and if you have any more questions please uh, find JB on Twitter at JB underscore D-I-S-C and uh, you can find the Dr. Uh, underscore SC Supercoach as the main uh, page Jizo <laughs> yeah um, and now yeah Thanks very much for joining us. I'm going to bed. (laughs) I think you are too busy. Good night.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.